Hey, I'll tell you what, real quick. Can you give me a testimony, brother? About what guy's doing? Come on up here, come up here, Jeff. This is a friend of mine that I've known for a long, long time. And I'm going to tell you, God's doing the work in his life. He ain't afraid to tell nobody. Come on. Uh, you know, when I turned my life over to the Lord five years ago, uh, my life changed tremendously. And, uh, you know, today I'm blessed with a life that I never knew I would have. And, uh, you know, I live for the Lord today instead of for me today. And for money and for anything. And I, I run my own little business. And it ain't a big business, but it's... It's the Lord's of my business, you know. And every time I was just telling Buddy, I go into a house to remodel. That's what I do for a living. And every day when I walk in and my guys that work for me, they look at me and they think I'm crazy. But I tell them it's not me that fixes this house. It's the Lord that gives me the hands to fix this house. And so I pray in the house when I go into a house every day. And no matter how my day goes, it's always a little touch of the Lord and me making that house a beautiful house. And the homeowner came the other day, and when he came into the house, he asked me, he said, he said, what's that sign out in the front yard? I said, well, go over there and take a look at it. He went over there and he says, no, no matter what, trust God. Amen. And so, you know, I just let you know today that if you're ever having a bad day, just remember if you trust God, you can't have a bad day. Amen. Woo. Amen. <laughs> if you feel like you're supposed to be here today, let me hear you say amen. amen. Woo, me too. I can handle that. That's awesome. Well, today we're going to talk about our connection to Christ and how important that is. It's vital, isn't it? It's vital. And I want to just hit a few things here. In relationships, sometimes we can get a little complacent, can't we? We can get a little comfortable with things sometimes. Whether it's a friend, whether it's a working relationship, you know, your wife or whatever. But, you know, we know uh, to have a healthy relationship, it takes, it takes commitment, doesn't it? It really does. It takes commitment to keep it alive. So sometimes we have to stretch a little bit. Sometimes we've got to reach a little bit. And so I tell you what, today's message is entitled Reach. Now, if you got your handouts, you're going to see that we have the little five little points that we got. We got all in red, Reach. Right? Everybody got those. If you don't have one, we'll make sure you get it. And so the way the Lord started this message in my heart ended up something totally different when he finished with it. You know, he's good at that, isn't he? You know, we'll start in one place and go, oh, I got you figured out. And he goes, no, you don't. <laughs> just hold on and I'll lead you through the day. And I, and I find that just like, you know, just like what Jeff's saying, he says, you know what? He just gives it up to the Lord and says, you know what? Lord, just use me. See, that's what, that's what I love when, when people have a chance to give their testimony and things like that. You know what? You don't have to be preaching. You don't have to be playing music. I mean, use what you have in your hand. That sound familiar? Sound familiar? I'll tell you what, you know, I, I love it when I see God just moving in his people. So with that being said, God gives us an amazing, amazing story to just put that all together. And our, our, our main point that I want you guys to take away with, I'm going to tell you a story, not just one because there's always many. I want you to take as much as you can. <laughs> but it's in Acts 16, 25. And it says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. But before we get there, i got to kind of give you how did they end up there, right? So if you get a chance this week, look at uh, Acts chapter 16. I believe it will bless you. But I want to jump in and give you a little behind the scenes before we get up to this point, okay? Everybody ready? So if you got your Bibles, that's great. I'm going to give you a little update, just the uh, overview, and then we got a little bit of reading, and then we're going to jump in and unpack it, all right? So we're talking about Paul and Silas. We know that they were disciples of Christ. And Paul and Silas go into a town, and they go into a, a, a worship service. They're going down to worship. And when they get there, they see this demon-possessed woman that's, that somebody, her master is using her for his gain as a fortune teller, idolatry. Right? 
And so they get there and there's quite a crowd. And even that demon-possessed woman said, you know what? She starts saying, these are the guys from the Most High God. He's going to tell you what you got to do to be saved. And that's something. Even the enemy knows that, right? But so many times we don't apply it. But see, they don't, they don't, they don't want to apply it, right? So, so work with me here. So here you go, taunting them each day. Each day. In other words, aren't you the God guys? Huh? Can that happen at your workplace? Oh, I thought you were a believer. You know, all these things. I thought you were a Christian. All these things. And we know sometimes we can just, just take with so much of that. We just keep loving and loving. And all of a sudden, tired, Paul just gets tired of it. And he turns around. He says, I command you to come out of her in the name of Jesus. Woo! She's delivered immediately. That's when the trouble in the world starts with them. That's how they end up here in jail. Now, everybody else will be saying, man, she's delivered. That's awesome. But see, those folks, they didn't have their eyes on God. They had their eyes on the money. Her master said, you ruined my property. Look at this. What are you doing? And he said, look, man, we set her free. Well, no, 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 that's not what he wants. Because it was about what? Money. Gain. Him. You think that girl was getting any of the money? Absolutely not. They, they were just using her up for that, for that situation. For their gain. You know, the world will use you up for its gain. Amen. So they go and they make such a big deal of it. They take them and put them before the authorities and say, hey, these guys are preaching Jesus and all this stuff. And Oh, man, they just, everybody's jumping on because everybody's going, man, you know, you're losing money. You're losing this. You're losing that. But what they didn't, they failed to see that the, that the young lady gained eternal life. They failed to see that she gained freedom. Amen. See, a lot of times the world gets all wrapped around the stuff or the money or the power, come on, you know, just fill in the blank. And they miss the God thing. So anyway, they take Paul and Silas down and they get him in such a such a uproar that the authorities say, you know what, strip them down and beat them with a rod. Woom! They just tearing them up. And then, oh, by the way, when you're done, we're gonna throw them in jail. And we're gonna throw them in the deepest part of the darkest dungeon. Alright? So this is where they're at. And that's where we get ready to go into the story here. But, you know, can you imagine they're talking about beating them with wooden rods, throwing them in jail for something they didn't even do. They were doing the Lord's work. See, a lot of times I think the misconception is when we're serving the Lord that everything's going to be peachy. And sometimes we hit some rough spots. But just like he said, no matter what, trust God. Amen. No matter what, trust God. So with that being said, I want to go ahead and read a little bit. I just wanted to bring you up to where they get thrown in jail. Everybody with us so far, all right? Sounding good. Well, let's take a look at this. Tim, you going to help me out there? So it says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Now, take a look. What do people hear when you're talking? Right? Now, first off, let's take a look at this. I've done a little bit of jail ministry. And I had not heard a whole bunch of people singing in there. I heard them crying, whining, kicking. Cussing, amen. And I'm going to tell you what, even when we've been, even to the juvenile part of that, let me tell you, if things, you start realizing how valuable your freedom is. Because even as a pastor and, and a ministry team, when we go through, I'm taking everything out of my pockets, everything else, and we go through the next thing, it goes click, click, and I don't see anybody. And I look at the camera and I do this, and they go click, click, and I go to the next one. And meanwhile, they're taking my guitar and looking at it and everything else. And I'm, click, click. I'm going through about three things before I even get in there. So I want, I want you guys to feel what's going on here a little bit. And now, not only that, they were shackled. 
These guys were shackled. Now, if you look at that, when you talk about that in the Bible, they had they would take two two boards and clamp them around their feet, right? So it basically caused some pain, real tight. And then they chain it around there. Not only they chain it around it, then they do their arms. So I want you to get this imagery here. When we start singing, seeing this around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing. Wow, sounds like they know the Lord, don't they? They sound like it sounds like they weren't letting the situation drive their hearts, but the relationship drive their hearts. Amen. So let's keep going. And what happens next? Twenty six says suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation and all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Man, get that down in your heart. See, when God's doing the work, nobody can hold him back. Amen. And not only that, you might get blessed in the midst of that. You ever notice that? You ever notice that? Because when somebody blesses you, guess what? When you love somebody, what's the next thing you want to do? You want to give. God loved you so much he gave his only son. It's just what happens. And you know what? And it's for the right motive. You, you, you're not expecting, you're not holding up a scorecard. Well, I gave him this, right, this. You just say, hey man, I just want you to have it. Hey man, hey, just want to tell you I love you. We give with that. But what I want you to see here is, look, there was something supernatural going on, right? So let's move on a little bit then. The jailer woke up to see the prisoner door, prison door open, and he assumed the prisoners had escaped, and he drew his sword to kill himself. Let me just tell you this here. How'd you like a job like this? Back in that time, if you were a prison guard and your prisoners escaped, they killed you. They killed you, right? They're not going to send you three days on the hill. <laughs> They're going to kill you. So he's like, oh man, that's it. Can you just imagine? I want you guys to get that imagery. Here we go. They're singing. They're praising the Lord. He's probably going, man, will you guys be quiet? I'm trying to sleep. Boom, the walls come tumbling down. The shackles are broke on every prisoner. And he's thinking, and the walls are down. The doors are open. Everything's, the freedom is right there. Now, most of us say, man, you would have never seen me again. I'd have kept on running. But see, God had a bigger plan, right? So what happens? This guy gets ready to, to take his own life. What does it say after that? Where are we at here? But 28 says, but Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. Now, just like I said, most of us, we wouldn't have blamed on man. I would have been down in Phoebus. Still going, man, jumping over something down there. I'm gone. You know, I'm thinking, that's my break, God. You open the door, you must want me to run. Sometimes God will open the door and he wants you to sit and listen to the next thing. Amen. You might be in a place right now and say, man, I just wish the door would open. You might be in a place that the door has opened. And you don't know, do I sit, stay, do I go? Listen to the Lord and do the last thing that he told you to do until he tells you something new. And you're going to be right where he wants you. Right? Let's keep on rolling here. Here we go. He says, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Man, that's life changing, isn't it? Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? See, that's the question. So many times, we, we, we don't even think about that, do we? And I don't want to get ahead in my message. But a lot of times, we don't think about that. A lot of those prisoners were probably thinking, man, I just want out. We might be in a situation today that's got bondage and shackles on us spiritually. And we go, I just want out. But let me tell you, when God brings you out, he's got even more for you. Amen? He might even use what you went through, come on now, to impact somebody else's life. Because each one of y'all have been through something that I haven't. But I'm going to tell you what. You can be used mightily by God when somebody else goes through that. 
You can be that encouragement. You can say, hey, and they say, you don't know what I've been through. And, and you know what? A lot of us don't. But you know what? You can come alongside and say, but you know, God does. We serve an awesome God. And he'll take you and he'll reinstate you. He'll, reinstate, he'll restore you. He'll love you, right? So let's keep on going. Let's click that thing. Tim, go to the next one if we could. All right? And then he said, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Along with everyone in your household. Now, I just want to throw this out here. We know that we got a big guy. Right? So he won't save the whole house, the whole boatload, right? But I want you to notice something here. Each one of them have to call on the name of the Lord by themselves. You hear what I'm saying? You don't get saved just because, oh, I went to KTP two or three times. Or, you know, you went wherever to a church or whatever. It's not about church membership or anything like that. It's about a personal relationship. You are the one that's got to trust God. Because why? You are the one that's going to be standing before him on judgment day. Not me with you. I'm going to have to stand on my own. And I got one answer. It's all about Jesus, amen? It's all about Jesus. Let's keep on rolling. So, it went on here, and he said, And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in the house. I love it. Preaching Jesus right there. Gate, I can just see, I can just see all the rock and stubble and people. The other guys are probably in there doing a hard time going, What happened? What's going on? You know? And here we go. He says, Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. He had a heart change, didn't he? He had a heart change. Because I got a good feeling that he wasn't in there, you know, putting baby powder on their feet prior to that. Amen. You know? He wasn't in there, you know, hey, how you doing? Y'all, y'all comfortable? He said, Be quiet. You know? But when he saw the gift that God offered him through them, things changed. We just said it a minute ago. When you get when you experience the love of God, things start to change in your life. Many of us sit here, and I'm telling you, we'll sit here and we start feeling, the Lord starts doing it, and next thing you know, the tears come, not because you're wounded, not because you're hurt, not because you're bad, not because anything other than the love of God is pouring over you. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I tell you what, I was telling y'all last week about that big guy that gave his life to the Lord. I mean, he was, man, he was, if there was anybody I've ever seen close to the Goliath side that we talked about, it was this cat. And when he called on the name of the Lord, all he did was cry. Why? Because God is so good. And God forgave him of so much. And he had the death grip on me. And I thought I was going to meet Jesus. He's going, man, I just appreciate you telling me about the Lord. I'm kicking like this, you know. But you know what? I was so excited for him because I knew that God was starting to do a work in his life. I'm excited for each one of us today because God is continuing to do a work in our life. All right? So the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in the house were immediately baptized. He brought them into the house. And set a meal before them. And he and his entire household, check this out, rejoiced because they all believed in the Lord. They didn't start fretting. They didn't say, man, you know what? I don't know who's going to fix that, that, that wall over there. You know, they didn't say, oh, man, I tell you what, I don't know what we're going to do about those bent bars. I hope we got some more two by fours coming next week. Right. Now, you think that's funny. Now, you look how God works in your life. You say, oh, if I could ever just get through this. And God says, here you go. I'm delivering you out of that. And then before we get all the way to the door, we go, yeah, but what about, what about this? And the chain just keeps pulling on, pulling on. Remember the other day when we had the opportunity to be a part of what God was doing? And we said, we're going to leave those worries behind. This ties right in. They weren't worried about that. I don't think he was worried about his job. I don't think he was worried about anything because he had just experienced a touch of God that transformed his life, his family's life, and everybody around here. Amen? So I want, I want you to know that God wants to use your life to transform lives. Amen? Now, I don't have this on here, but I just want to give you the rest of the story in case you don't get a chance to read it today, but maybe this week you can. So 
When the officials come down and they see everything tore up, they say, hey man, just get them guys out of here. Right? Now most of us say, good, I'm ready to go. He's saved. They're saved. They saw God move. I just want to go home. Right? <laughs> Think about it. Paul says, we ain't going nowhere. What? He said, we ain't going nowhere. They beat us in front of everybody. I'm a Roman citizen. Look what you did to me. And it wasn't so much about him, but he was going to use that as a platform for even more people to see how good God was. They were like, what? Man, just go in go, man. Go, go, go. We don't want you around. Isn't that sometimes, you know, you see people, they don't understand what's happening, and then they just go, just come on, go. Just go and go. And they just kick it under the rug, right? He said, no, we're not do that. So what do they do? They come out and publicly apologize to them, the authorities and say, hey, we're sorry. You know why? Because God used every step of that tough love and that tough situation to glorify ourself. And guess what? They were blessed. Let's go back to this. And it said here, and he set a meal before each of them, and he and his entire house rejoiced. Rejoiced. Are you rejoicing about what God's doing in your life, in your family's life, and what he continues to do? You say, Well, I'm not there yet with all those situations. I said, Guess what? Keep on praying. Keep on living for the Lord. Keep on trusting the Lord. And you watch how God will start transforming your family. You say, well, but I'm the only one in my family saved. That's a great start. I know families ain't got nobody saved. Right? So, so you, you won't up already. You know? You might be the one that stands in the gap. Right? So we're just going to keep lifting you up and encouraging you in that. And now it's a good time for us to talk about this. Because Tuesday night we're going to show you how to share your faith biblically. Just a little side note. Alright, so let's keep on rolling. So it's about a relationship. If you've got your, your handouts, it's a good place to maybe throw in a few things as the Lord's showing you. Okay? Relationship. The first thing we see, it starts with a relationship. How did I know that? Who were they singing to? They were singing to the Lord. They had been touched by the Lord. It was obvious that they had a relationship. It was personal. It was powerful. And it was worthy of praise, amen? I'm asking you today, take a little inventory. Is it personal? Is it powerful? Is he worthy of praise? Let's keep on rolling here. And see, understanding our situation and receiving God's gift of salvation. See, that's about that relationship there. We need to have that same connection. And it's all through that personal relationship with Christ. Receive his forgiveness. Listen to what I say. Regardless of your past. See, a lot of times people say, well, well yeah, but, but, and then they pull the, the junk in the trunk out. Well, you know what? He already knows everything. He knows all of it. He knows the beginning from the end. So what happens is we have to come to the understanding of our situation. We have to understand that. I said this many times. Most folks, most folks don't really, we, we know we got a sin problem. Do we know that? I know I, I, I didn't have any problem with that. What I needed to know, what is the remedy? The remedy is the relationship. I had the sinning part down, man. Got it. With zeros on the end, right? I needed the answer. And his name is Jesus. Amen. Let's keep on going. So look how God revives our soul. When we talk about that. Now I'm going to pull the scripture up here. And I'm going to fuse this thing in here with you, okay? Paul and Silas reach up with prayer and praise. God's so good because I had the message what he was giving me. And then I was in the shower and he goes, but I got more. I need, I, you know what, dude, I, got, I need something in the shower where I can write on there. Write it down, man. And I think I, it talks to me more in the shower because that's the only time my mouth shut. I know that's true. Or I drown, right? So, you know, sometimes we just need to listen. So he was showing me this. So their souls were revived because of their relationship. They were confident in their creator. If you want to write something down, 
write down my relationship. I'm confident in my creator. Amen. That's a good thing to write down. It's a powerful truth when you know God. See, when we don't know God, what do you see this bumper sticker say? Sometimes it says, when you know God, there's peace. Where there's no N-O, God, there's no peace. You see what I'm saying? But see, they experienced the relationship in a big way. Breaking shackles. Powerful. Setting them free. Got to do the same for us here. So I'm going to go back about to reach up, okay? Go back to what we read just to go back again. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and, and singing hymns to God. See, this is what I love. These are the, there's really three points hidden in this. Reach up, reach in, and reach out. And we're going to have that. So we got, we got a double message this week, all right? So there's plenty to chew on. But we look at this. The, the, out of those three things, they reached up to the throne room of heaven with prayer and praise. And what came down? God's love. God's power. Amen. God making the difference. The walls came crashing down. The chains of every believer fell off. And this is the thing. We're all shackled at one time or another with sin, shame, guilt, and more. <coughs> See, this is the thing. Praise God. Jesus broke the shackles on the cross. All we got to do is receive it. Amen? All we got to do is receive it. And I love this here. He broke the shackles to free us from sin and its punishment. Does the pastor Bud say, oh, we can do anything we want now? No. No. You've been set free from sin so you can live freely for God. You see what I'm saying? He bought us. He paid a price so that now we don't have all that junk clinging on to us, right? And we can start living for Him. Well, yeah, that's good. And it usually lasts till about Tuesday, Pastor Buddy. And then I, I do this or that or this happens. Or that. Well, guess what? Get back there and say, Lord, forgive me and give me strength. Well, Wednesday through Sunday, amen, whatever we need. Sometimes it's minute by minute, day at a time. But God is willing and able because his blood purged us from all our sin, amen. So take a look at this. Notice it said, and the prisoners were listening. They were listening, right? I want to ask you this. What do people hear when they listen to you? Oh, come on now. What do they hear? Do, do, they, do they hear prayer and praises or do they have, hear doubt and fear? Just saying. Right? I want you to listen to this. Watch your words. They set the framework of our attitudes and our actions. If I go to work and they're talking about a layoff, and every time I say this, man, I don't know if they're going to shut this place down or what. I don't know what. I got guys at work like that. Love them to pieces. But, and I'm not saying you know, they're concerned all right, and, and all this stuff. And I go, hey, man, let me ask you a question. They go, yeah, what, what do you think? What are you going to do? I'm going to trust God. I said, are you doing your job the best you can? They said, you know we are, man. We got good marks. There's no place that runs a wind tunnel like us. I said, okay. So if you're doing everything right and you're doing your very best, it's not on you, is it? Yeah. It's not on you. You do the best that you can where you're at and let God handle it. And work as if you're working unto the Lord. And see, when we'll start honoring Him, it's like, you know, so, so they, sometimes they wonder, they go, well, aren't you worried about that? I can't change that. I can't change that. With my own hands, with my own lack of brilliance. You know, oh, let, let's just redo this whole thing and then everybody will love us and we'll stay on, on work. Again. You know what? Let's trust God. Let's honor God. Let's believe in that relationship and say, God, you know what my family needs? You know what my buddy's family needs? Let's just keep on trusting God. See, a lot of times people think you're crazy. But you know what? 
I bet you they thought they were crazy singing at 12 o'clock, right? <laughs> they probably say, man, what they got to drink down there? What's up? You know, something? Because world, the worldly mind starts kicking in. Man, you know what? They were singing out of their hearts, of the overflow of love that they had for God. And God honored that. Amen? Let's keep on rolling. Everybody good with relationship, right? Yeah. Here we go. Well, you know what? For our E in rhythm, Lord, show me about embracing what he has. All right? Let's take a look at this. You ever know many hear the message, but they never embrace it? Man, I preach a lot of Jesus because I love it. Because I know it's what changes people's life. I know it's what sets people free. I know how much I've been forgiven. I'm very grateful. And, and ministries every day, every way, everywhere we go. If you, if you don't believe, just hang out with me when I go shopping. I love it, man. I preach more Jesus in the produce department than anybody. Don't matter. If they were about a can hams, they still need Jesus. I don't care. You know? So yesterday I'm going, and man, I don't know. It must be Super Bowl preparation. Because everybody is like swinging elbows. I mean, I seen this old guy. I was like, you come on, I'll take you to the rail. I was like, I just want some chip and dip. You know? Come on. I'm not going to take a rip, rip break it over chip and dip. So anyway, I got up there. And I'm, I'm coming on in there. And this guy, this older gentleman, he cuts me off. I'm walking. Pop slides in there. <laughs> like this in his car up front. And, and the lady's getting out. And I'm, she's just barely holding on. He's like, go on, go on, go. You know, he's like, ma'am, can I help you? She said, yeah, I need a basket. I said, hold right there. I'm thinking he is going to take off before mama gets out of there. I just, hold on. I get over there, get that thing, get back over there. I said, is this all right? She said, that's fine. That's fine. So we're talking about the Super Bowl. And we're rolling, you know, and I'm just, yeah, that's great. I'm just loving it, right? I'm not, I'm preaching Jesus. Just showing somebody, you know what, I ain't too busy. You know, expiration on them chips is going to be all right. You know, it's going to be good. I'm just going to get it when I get it. So I keep on going. She's going on here. And then, I don't know, I went a couple of hours later and I see her. I say, hey. See her. And say, hey, how you doing? Then her husband goes, they got to be 80. Her husband looking like, why are you talking to my mom? <laughs> I said, how you doing, sir? See, when I talked to him, everything was cool. I'm thinking, why is everybody so mean sometimes? They're just like, man, I'm just trying to help her in, you know? I don't know. I, I guess I have my Harley jacket on. He probably wants something. You know, I don't know. I'll take her for a ride if she wants to get on out. Okay, you know, come on. So anyway, I'm just saying, wherever we're at, just, just you know, be a mirror of Christ. Something else. Oh, my goodness. Embrace. Now we're back to the story here. You can't experience what you don't embrace. And I thought about that when the Lord gave that to me right now. I said, Lord, help me explain that. You can sit here and you can hear some stories and you can sit here and you can hear the word of God. But unless you embrace that and receive that, you never really experience, do you? You don't experience. You can sit here week after week. You can, you can do a lot of things. But until you make it yours and make it personal, you haven't experienced it. We want you to experience the love of God. We want you to experience the grace of God, right? The forgiveness of God. That's what I'm talking about. Love it. I love it. I had a guy uh, Friday come over. And I'm not real good friends with this guy, but I'm real good friends with that guy. Does that make sense? I don't spend a lot of time with him. Uh, I just see him from time to time. Every now and then, God will put somebody in your life and you say, that's my buddy. All right? I've probably talked to this guy 10 times in two years. But you know what? When I was in the hospital, he's like the second guy to come up there. I was like, what are you doing here? I heard you. I heard you was down, brother. What's going on? Doing all right. And he doesn't say much. Doesn't say much. He just encouraged. And then when we got out, he set it up to come to his church to play. We went down there. He wanted these guys. He's not all out in front. He's just sitting on the sidelines. Hey, 
Just love him, everything else. Well, guess what? He had sent me an email and I didn't respond to it. I didn't know I had a lot of email. So, boom, he pops into work. He goes, hey. I said, hey, man, what's going on, brother? He said, I sent you an email, didn't hear anything. I want to make sure you're doing all right. I said, I'm sorry, I never saw it. And we got to talking. And he got to talking. Just like you sharing your story. He said, man, you know what? I never asked him his story. I know that he's serving the Lord and everything. And he told me about who he was and who's God making him to be. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I said, man, I said, that's God's grace, isn't it? And, and I didn't make this up. I saw it somewhere and I, I, I like it. I said, God's riches at Christ's expense. He said, hold everything. I got to write that down and tell my wife. Because he had been experienced that grace of God. He had been walking in that, experiencing it. See? He took a little extra time to say, hey, man, everything all right? Hey, he'll shoot me an email. Hey, you need anything? What's going on? And we have a guy that we have um, that works in between both of our places. And this is the great thing when you've got a relationship with like that. A lot of workplaces, you say, hey, I need such and such to come over. I know if my buddy says, I can do it or I can't do it. It's going to happen either way. I don't have to go if he goes, man, I just can't do it. Well, man, I wonder why he ain't sending him over. He knows we got stuff to do, right? No. His words is bond. And he says, hey, man, brother, I'll help you as soon as I can. You know, why did I get off that onto that just a minute? Because I want you to see real live experiences of people embracing God's love. And once you embrace God's love, you can't keep it to yourself. It's hard to keep it to yourself. And here's the question. Why would you want to keep it to yourself? He got plenty more. The grace is due every morning. Amen? Well, let's do this here. Now I want you to check this out. Reach in with faith and commitment. See, that's what I want to talk about. The Bible tells us in Romans 12, chapter 12. It says, each man and woman has been given a measure of faith. God's so good that he even gives you enough faith to believe in him. Isn't it? He says, oh, I don't know. Somebody was talking to me the other day and they said, well, what about this and what about that and what about the rocks and the buzzards and the birds and, and tadpoles and all that? I said, man, you got more faith than I do to believe that stuff. I ain't got that much faith to believe that. I'm trusting Jesus. He goes, I never looked at it that way. I said, you mean I got to have enough faith to say that a tadpole came out of the water, met another tadpole, and then they'd have to have lungs instead of gills and then it... I said, I can't believe all that. I said, uh, sound like me. I just need to trust Jesus. He's got a pretty good track record, don't he? Amen. Amen. You know, I said, I don't have enough, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. There's too many signs around, right? <laughs> you know, I believe God because his word says it. And I see it, amen, by faith. Let's keep going. So we reach in with faith and commitment. Sometimes we go, man, I'm just overloaded. What's going on? You know what? We reach up with prayer and praise. We reach in with the faith that God gives in commitment to that relationship. All right, let's keep rolling here. How did it work out for this guy here? We have to look, we have to take a look inside from time to time and take some spiritual inventory. I'm talking to everybody, starting right here. Sometimes we got to recalibrate. We got to make a course correction, right? You know, we just don't get saved and say, okay, I'm going to do this and I know that story. I don't need to read it anymore. Let me tell you this, that your salvation is secure in Jesus Christ. You don't have to add to it. You can't. It's not the cross plus anything. It's Jesus, death, burial, resurrection for me and you and our sins. Everybody got that? But you know what? He also tells us in John 15, 5. He says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If your man remain in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. If you want to bear fruit, stay close to the fruit tree. Stay close to the Lord. Keep learning. He's unpacking things all the time, all the time. I know we've talked about this story before, but I never saw it this way. 
So the Lord just said, hey, I'm going to show you something else. He opens up another layer, another layer, another layer. Amen. Well, let's see how it worked out for the jailer here. The jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Silas, Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked him, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He said, yeah, I know you read that. Well, let's go a little deeper. See, just like it's easy to get off course. But see, that was his course correction right there. When he saw that, when he saw those shackles fall off, and he saw them guys didn't run and leave, he goes, what's going on? I need to realign my life. Maybe today you're in here and say, you know what, I do believe and I understand, but you know what, sometimes I just get off course or get back on. Get back on. This ought to be an uplifting message. God said, come on, I'll take you back. I'll take you back right there. I'll forgive you. Come on. I got a plan for your life. I want you to keep on moving forward. Like I said, my dad used to say, son, you cannot plow looking backwards because you'll be in the beans and the corn and everything else. Right? You can't do that. But so many times the enemy wants you to keep looking backwards so we don't focus on that. I was driving and I said this before the other day when I was thinking about this message. I was coming back from my mom's. And uh, it, it had been a while since I looked in the rearview mirror. And I had passed a lot of cops, right? I thought maybe I ought to look in the rearview mirror. And I looked back there and I said, all's good. And I didn't focus on that too long because you know what? There's a reason that windshield is bigger than the rear view. I need to watch where I'm going. But it's not a bad thing to look back and see what's happening every now and then if you pull the positive. You don't try to drive with that thing like that. Oh, we're going to have problems. So if you do look back, take a glimpse and look at the goodness of God that got you to where you are today. And keep looking forward to what he's done. He's got more in store for you. Amen. 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 So this is an uplifting message. Say amen if you believe it. Amen. So many times we look at stuff. And you'll hear this before a fight. If they have a fight, you know, Mike Tyson and all that back in the day. Or even before the Super Bowl. They will find everything wrong with this team. Everything right with this team. And by the time you get ready to switch horses, they switch. And yeah, but you know, this one did this and that one said that. I mean, all of this. All the time. And you know what we say? The Redskins ain't in there, so we don't care. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Amen. Amen. That's it. Hey, as I told Ms. Dim, I said, it's just a great, thing, a great time to eat chicken wings. I can't lose the day. My, team's not, my dog ain't even in the race. You know what I mean? But what I want to say, the TV, the radio, the news, they can spin it to their advantage. The world wants to spin it to their advantage over and over and over. That's why we must reach in. Listen to me. And feed our spirit with the word of God. We've got to feed our spirit with the word of God. Amen. The Bible is our compass for a Christian's life. You can write that down. The Bible is our compass for a Christian life. We must apply the truth. So I want to move on with that. And let's talk about applying the truth of God's word in our life. Amen. We have to act on the word of God. Ready for this? God's word is alive. It causes change. It causes challenge. And it causes choices to be made. Every time that I have the privilege to preach, I ask the Lord, help me to bring them to a point of decision. So when they leave here, there's only two answers. I know Jesus or I I don't know Jesus. Actually, there's three. And I'm going to receive Jesus. (laughs) That's what I want to do. But but I want to lay it out there to the point is that either I'm going to receive Jesus or I'm going to reject him. And see, if you say, well, I'll wait till later, guess what? You just rejected him. Because guess what? We're not promised another day. All right? So we need to act on the truth. Well, look, what else have we got here? The truth should move us to God because we know his ways are best. Now, let me just ask y'all a question. 
Does everybody believe that God's way is best? Amen. Yeah. Then, yeah. So, but why do we, me, sometimes, whatever the case is, act like it's not? We act like we, you know, I'll just drive. And then we get in the ditch and we go, Jesus. Does that mean he won't come and get you? His arm's still long enough to get away and reach his loving kids. But a lot of times, see, God gives us instructions as a blessing, not a curse. He gives us instruction to be a blessing, not a curse. If you're a mom, dad, grandma, aunt, uncle, whatever the case may be, you tell your kids and those you love things, not as I know it all, but maybe I, I know a few things that might help you along the way. And we're limited in our resources and our understanding. God knows it all. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows the whole deal. And he says, don't do that. And you go, yeah, I know, but. Remember we got into that a few weeks? Yeah, but. Then were two words, man, that would just, just hurt you. Just go, yes, Lord. Just the same, these two words just change to the yes, Lord. And that's what I'm working on. But see, I can't do that by myself. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the help of the Lord. Because you know what? We all like to do what we like to do. We still got this stuff here. This flesh, right? But you know what? We can be more than overcomers in Christ. Amen? Let's keep on rolling. What is it that the Lord wants you to act on today? See, bring me to a point of decision. I don't know what it is that God's speaking to you. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you about it. And what does He want to do in your life when we respond to those promptings? See, we have, you know, everybody in here, and everybody will hear the message, but they might hear it just a little different because the Holy Spirit's going to tune it to just what we need, right? That's the great thing about God. God's got some serious gas mileage on His Word, doesn't He? He gets some serious gas mileage on His Word. Well, let's take a look at this here. Going back to pull it out of the story, right? Verse 33 says, Even at the hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. You know, look how God moved in the jailer's life. His heart changed. I know we talked about it a little bit, but I just want to bring it home. What did it do? It produced compassion, commitment, and it brought <coughs> forth life. See, where God is, it's going to be life. Amen? His whole family's life was transformed. And I love that. So even at that hour, right? Nobody was looking at the clock. You know? Sometimes we get in church and say, oh, man, buddy's on the road. My gosh, come on, come on, you know? Right? You know what I mean? Hey, that's why we have it at 10. We can still be the first one in the buffet line. I know how to work this thing. I know how to work this thing, right? I'm looking out for you. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. So it wasn't about that. It wasn't about time. The jailer applied the truth at the perfect time. He fell at their feet. He rejoiced, right? He, he cared for the, the folks that had brought him the good news. He says, you know what? And I love this. Everyone in this household were immediately baptized. They were, they were working on, they were being obedient to the word of God. Amen. So they applied the truth. Amen. You can have the truth. You can have money in the bank and never write a check, right? And start. You can know the truth and never receive it. And not experience what God has for you. Amen. We need to apply it. Well, let's talk about commitment. We're on a home stretch now. All right, I'm going to pick it up a little bit. Are you committed to Christ? You say, well, yeah. And, and some of us would say, well, yeah, some days and some days we're not. Some days we are, whatever. I just ask you, I'm just asking you, what takes first place in your life? Let me ask you this. Who takes first place in your life? What comes between you and that commitment? Think about it. What comes between you and that commitment? Now, I'm boiling this thing down. You know? Am I going, well, I'll do this today. And in two more weeks, I'll try this later. And uh, Yeah, let me ask you this. We talked about uh, setting some 
I don't want to say it. First of the year, we said, hey, if anybody wants to grow in their relationship, hey, you come on Tuesdays. Hey, we could show you some different things in your Bible. You know, where there's apps on your phone that you can do. How are we coming with that? Just, just a little checkup, right? Because we're in February now. We're reading our Bible every day. What was that commitment that we said, Lord, I'm going to do that this year? Just want to get make that course correction. Amen. Let's keep on going. So I want to give you a word over here. Mark 8.36. For what does it profit a man or a woman to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul or their soul? See, this word actually says it all right here. You can have everything the world offers and at the end only have hell to look forward to. That's a pretty strong statement, isn't it? Because if you don't have Jesus, you don't have eternal life in heaven. You will have eternal life. But if we reject the only way to go to heaven, there's only one other place, and that place is called hell. Amen? That's just the truth of it. That's just the truth of it. And sometimes we would think that would make it easier. It's not like 800 choices. It's Jesus Christ, eternal life with Him, reject Him, and there's hell. That's what it is. And you know, I want to just throw this in. I've talked to people over time. They said, well, you mean they'd send me, you know, the, the, I thought God is a loving God. He is. Okay, he's a just God. He's a righteous God. You mean, you know what? If just because I didn't uh, call on the name of his son, he would, he would make me spend eternity and he, he would just throw me in hell forever. I said, no. They go, what? I said, no, you chose hell. When you reject the only way out, you chose it, Right? Can you imagine this? And I'm going to talk about this sometime. If we're in jail and somebody comes in there and says, I paid your fine in full. Open the door up. Here it is. And we come to the end and go, yeah, but I don't think I'm going to go today. Whose fault is that? They made the way. They paid, paid the penalty. And the door's open. <coughs> today, commit your life to Christ. What is it what is it as a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Let's go back to the first part of the story. Those guys and masters that owned that woman, which doesn't make sense in our, our today's stuff, but that's the way things were back then, right? That, she was just a workhorse for them, right? All they were looking about is what they could get out, put their fingers on. They didn't see how that wonderful woman had been delivered. From a demon of hell. Amen? Let's keep on rolling. So, this is what happens a lot of times. We need to realize that what's at stake. We need to realize what's at stake here. Many folks I meet never consider that. They really don't. I ask them, you ever think about dying? Well, not really. And usually, usually the younger they are, the less they really think about it. You know? Right? We think, well, you know, when I, when I get old, when I get like 30, <laughs> yeah, every time I have a birthday, I think old moves up like 10. Ten years, man! I got to turn forty-eight. I was like, you know, eighty's not bad, you know. <laughs> but anyway, think about that, and I want to tell you. I want to tell you an interesting story, and I want to tie this in, realizing what's at stake. And I want to hit this last thing, and, and this is just something that came to me this this week, um, and realize what's at stake for others. I talked to a lot of folks. Let me tell you, in the last couple of weeks, think about that. You can't be driven by emotion because it'll drive you over the cliff, right? I talked to people about marriage. I've been to nursing homes, right? This is me, and I know y'all been through a lot of stuff, right? Been to the emergency room, been to the hospital, talked to the undertaker. So I talked to a lot. This is like in two weeks, right? So you get a lot of phone calls, meet a lot of people, and everything else. Got an email from somebody I hadn't talked to in 16 years, and they were asking for, for prayer for their husband. And I said, man, I haven't heard from you guys in a long time. I, I would hear from her husband, but not so much from her, right? 
and uh, and this friend of mine, and uh, great guy. So I said, well, you know, I I'll call him. I'll call him. Is that him? <laughs> gotcha. I love it. <laughs> All right. He's calling it now, right? So anyway, I call. I call. <laughs> Let me reel it back. Uh, I call the guy, and uh, I get to talk to him, and, and I can and I can barely understand him. Now this guy's 48, 49 years old, right? And uh, and he said he went in. He, he was a little hoarse. He couldn't he couldn't breathe real good, and so he went in for a checkup. And he found a tumor between his lung and his heart. I said, wow. And his wife was telling me, he said, buddy, look, what they're saying is this. It's not something they could just go in and cut out. They've got to give radiation, and then they've got to kill it, and then they've got to cut it out. And, you know, we really need some prayers. I said, well, you know what? We'd be glad to stand with you all in the gap. Because God's still in the healing business, and we want God to just put people around you to love on you. They, they live quite a few miles away. I said, can I talk to my buddy? He said, yeah. He said, hey, how you doing? I said, all right. I said, hey, man, what's going on? He said, I'm just hanging in there. Peace. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking to my buddy. And he, you know what he says? Blows me away. Commitment. He says, you know what? I know that uh, God's got a plan. And I know this. I know where I'm going if it's my time to go. And if the Lord chooses to keep me here and do his work, I'll do it the best I can. But if he chooses to take me home, I win anyway. <coughs> Woo! Man. And you know then what he said? He said, you know what? I'm so thankful that my mom and dad took me to church when I was little. I'm so thankful that I heard about Jesus. He told me about when he rode on the bus to church. And nobody else was going and it wasn't real cool, but he was going. And he told me about when he would run and do out everything else when me and him were doing stuff we weren't supposed to be doing. You know? But see, he had that foundation. And he came back to it. And that's why he has peace, even in the midst of the storm. Amen? So we're going to stand with him in prayer. But what my takeaway was from this was that he was committed to Christ regardless of the route that he had to take. Amen? He said, you know when we say it's all good? He said, it's all good. He says, hey, look, I'll talk to you soon. Isn't that amazing? Also, they own their own business. So when he doesn't work, he doesn't get paid. Hey. God's been good to me. He'll supply all my needs. He's talking. He's, he's encouraging me. I call to talk to him to lift him up, and I get off there and I'm crying. And he's smiling. I said, "Man, this is amazing." See, that's the difference, right? As when we walk through this thing with somebody that does not know God and somebody that does, is he still going through some tough times? Absolutely. But you know what? He's committed. To Christ, and He knows God will see Him through. Amen. So I want you guys to realize that. And now, guess what? I told him. I said, "Do you know what type of witness you're being to everybody else?" He said, "Well, I hope I'm being a good one." I said, "I think you're being a great one, my friend." Because you know what? He realizes what state is at stake for others. It wasn't even about him. It wasn't about him. He says, "You know, I'm just going to keep pointing to the Lord. I'm just going to keep pointing to the Lord." Man, what a testimony! What a testimony. Let's bring this on home. You know what? The next thing we got on there is, is honoring God. Help me out, Tim. That thing's been giving us a fit a little bit. The next one is honoring God. Honor God with your newfound life. <coughs> Honor God with your newfound life in Christ. Now, I wrote this down, and I think it's pretty strong, but I think it needs to be. Let's live like we believe. Show others that Christ is alive in you. 
<coughs> Let's live like we believe what we said we did. See, sometimes we just got to believe it and we got to keep on moving. The next thing I got is the reaching out. We want to reach out. We reach out with compassion and love. Now, we talked about reaching up with prayer and praise. We talked about reaching in with faith and commitment. Now, I want you to write this down. Ready? Reach out with compassion and love for others. Now, we went back to, thank you, Jim. Um, I was right here. Reach out with compassion and love for others. Let's pull it back into the story. You ready? He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire house rejoiced because they all believed in God. See, let me tell you, it's something about understanding the love of God passes all understanding, right? That peace that passes all understanding. I just gave you a real live issue that I talked. This was yesterday I talked to this fellow. Man, amazing. And I know each of you have stories like that. But let us be that story as well. Amen? Let us be that story as well. Regardless of what it is. Whether it's work, whether it's job, whether it's our kids and everything else. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying that God will get us through it. Amen? No matter what, trust God. I had no idea how that was going to play in, but it's working just fine, isn't it? God went before us, didn't it? Amen. So look at that. The whole household rejoiced because they all believed in God. And, and to me, it's just amazing. You see here a picture of unity. You see peace and power are found in honoring the Lord. You know, in Nehemiah 8.10, if you want to have another place to just anchor this down, it says, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, the joy of our Lord is our strength. Let God, let let us honor God with the gift that he's given us. He's given us life. He's given us eternal life. And it starts today. It starts today. See, we don't have to wait till later on. It starts today. Remember, I wanted to bring you to a point of making a decision. Well, here it is. You know what? Let's take a look at these things here. We want to reach out with prayer and praise. We want to reach in with faith and commitment. We want to reach out with the love and compassion. And I thought about this. I remember when my kids were little and you go to get them out of the crib or something. What do they do? They reach up. Daddy. Daddy. Man, I love that. I love that, man. It's like this. Man, come on. And then guess what? Reach in. Faith and commitment. What am I speaking in that child's life? You can do about You can be everything. You can do everything. Let's go. Let's, let's look at this. This. Am I taking and, 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 and speaking the word of God in them to, to turn around and help them become committed to a life of faith in Jesus Christ? Amen. So that they can reach in. Because dad's not going to be here forever. But guess what? I want to leave a legacy. I want them to remember, hey, you know what? My dad loved the Lord. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. But I'm going to tell you what, every time we got knocked down, he got back up and he kept following the one who was. That's my prayer. And take a look at this. Because I want them to reach out to their children with love and compassion. I want them to reach out to their circle of impact, no matter where that is. Because they're going to go places I'm not. You're going to go places that I'm not. And your children and your grandchildren are going to go places that maybe you won't. That's why it's important for them to know when they reach out in prayer and praise to the Lord. Ultimately, right? That God is going to reveal himself to them. And then we have that when we reach in with faith and commitment to the word of God, God's going to honor that as we honor him. And there's only one other thing after that. It's reaching out with love and compassion. So today I pray that, you know, as we do this, understand that God's about life. Live like you believe. Trust the Lord. Let the joy of the Lord be your 
strength. So today, I'm just going to ask you, are you to that point of commitment? Are you to that point of decision to say, I need Jesus today? Today's the day. So we're going to give you an opportunity to ask the Lord to come into your life. He's the one that did it all. The Bible's very clear. He says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, right, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the finished work on that cross. See, it's not a bad thing to look to the cross, but I want you to look past the cross because he is risen. We serve a living Savior. Come on, somebody say amen. Y'all will be jumping up and down. We serve a God that's creator of the universe. We serve a God that paid the debt on that cross, on a cross, that purged the sin for the world if they will receive it. For you, for me, for our children, for our grandchildren, for grandma and granddad and everybody else. But you got to make it personal. So today, let's make it personal. Let's reach out and pray. Say, Lord, I thank you that you gave your son for me. Let's reach out with your commitment and say, Lord, I'm confessing by faith. Lord, I believe that you are the son of God, that you take away the sin. And Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. And then let's live out of that relationship love and compassion for others. So if that's your prayer today, I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes, all of us close your eyes and say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin today, Lord. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let me know, Lord. Just, just, just show me in my heart. Your word says, when I call on your name, that you'll forgive me. Father, I thank you for those that are making that today. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Nobody's going to come where you're at. Just, we just want to be celebrating with you. Amen. Now, if you're here today and you say, hey, you know what? I've missed the mark. Guess what? You're in the right place because we all have. And God's willing to pour his love out and compassion to draw you back in. So if that's you today, let me tell you. I got, let me just say it this way. That's us today. Let's just be honest. Lord, help me today in everything to live for you. God, I want to honor you with my life. And Lord, I know I miss it sometimes. But Lord, I trust in you more than I trust in me. So Father, I thank you that you're willing to forgive us. Father, forgive us of our sin. Lord, we praise you. Today, I pray each one of us reach to the love of the Lord that's extended through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. All right.